Earlier this week, James Marape was re-elected unopposed as the Prime Minister of Papua New Guinea, an unusual feat given the country's fractious political landscape. Marape returns to the top job also after a turbulent general election marred by deaths, widespread violence, claims of election fraud and major damages to infrastructure across the country. His Pangu party has won at least 36 of 118 seats and is set to lead a coalition government made up of at least 17 different parties. Joining me to talk a bit more about his return to power is RNZ Pacific's Papua New Guinea correspondent Scott Wide. Thank you, Thomas, for sit down with him for a lot more, Scott. Tell us how things went down in Parliament earlier this week with the election of the Prime Minister. Um, just before the voting happened, um, the leader of the PNC, Peter O'Neill, was seen walking out of the chamber. Uh, he chose to abstain from the vote, and that left the People's National Congress without uh, a leader on the floor of Parliament. And the election of the Prime Minister, uh, James Marape, went uh, unopposed. You know, as I said, not much drama with the Speaker, not much drama with the Prime Minister's election on the floor. Now, this might be not much drama, but it is unusual for Papua New Guinea, is it not? Yes, yes, it is. It is highly unusual, and and I guess the you know not much drama on the floor of Parliament, but there was, I believe, a lot of uh, a, a lot of things that were said and done behind the scenes, uh, which many people are not privy to at this stage. Uh, eventually, it will come out, but uh, I, I think the strategies that were implemented rendered uh, one side unwilling to put up a candidate or. Everybody agreed to the terms of something, uh, and that was what happened, uh, what played out on the floor of Parliament. Yes, because you were saying not only did Peter O'Neill walk out, but the members of his party then voted for James Marape. Yes, yes, that that was exactly what happened. So, uh, just nuts and bolts, what happens now? Uh, He is the Prime Minister of Prime Minister now, um, and he is appointed a caretaker cabinet. Uh, and, and a lot of people are complaining about, you know, why there's a caretaker cabinet. Uh, but that's the normal process. That's the normal process for a caretaker cabinet to be appointed. And the reason for that is very practical. You have to, the, the prime minister of the day has to manage the ethnicities, the party politics behind the scenes. And that's not talked about in front. Um, but the distribution of the ministries is crucial to ensuring that his government survives for a five-year term, or at least for the first three years until the vote of no confidence period, which the constitution allows for. Now, did any... Um, we Talking a bit about the two women MPs that were elected, uh, um, that's a, a huge, huge, um, I guess, improvement to past elections in Papua New Guinea. Have they ended up in any ministerial portfolios that we know of? Um, not yet, not yet. Rufina Peter is in the PNC. They will have to decide how they, uh, how the numbers are made up when the actual running of government comes into place. Um, but uh, what, she was the first one that was declared unseating Robert Agarobe, and it was a huge, you know, reason to celebrate for many people in Papua seeing the first one. And, and you know, we thought that that would be the only one, and we were many people were happy, but at the same time disappointed that there was only one. And then. Uh, just as Parliament was voting in the Prime Minister, uh, Kesi Sawang was declared for the Rikos Open seat. Now, the Rikos Open seat is a is a difficult electorate. It's a rural electorate, and it's never you know women who run in the Rikos Open seat have never really been successful. Um, but 
Kesi Sawang's tried in 2017. She did quite well in the 2017 elections, and she tried again and won. So Kesi has uh, was the deputy commissioner for IRC. Uh, so she's had a considerable amount of public service uh, experience, uh, and she brings that with her to parliament. Um, and just to be clear, the, there was another process for... So when does the cabinet stop being a caretaker and actually there, there's another process for them to be formally um, appointed, is there? So they will... Uh, the, the caretaker cabinet will meet and it, it's a process that, uh, you know, the PM will have to consult with, you know, their own party to decide who should be allocated this and that. Um, they'll also be talking with uh, other parties uh, and and that will decide the ministerial allocations.